Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. A GLT with me, CG, which is a slippery slope to a G&T with me, CG. And we're recording, please. So, hello, uh, greetings, as they say, and welcome to another episode of What You Need Is A Damn Good Listening To with me, Chris Grimes, which as somebody rather wittily pointed out, that's not a very catchy acronym, the YWIG deal, you'll get my point. So I'm now going with a GLT with me, CG, which as we know is gonna morph into a G and T with me, CG. But anyway, it's my pleasure to invite to the clearing, more about that in a moment, a man that I've known since 2010, a beautiful man called Mr. Paul Mabley. You can see how beautiful he is, he is himself. And if I may say, Paul, you know, we have working voices in common and that's the context in which I met you. And um, not just to blow smoke at you, I think you are one of the clearest and one of the best facilitators I've experienced. So big ups to you for that. So I'll take that smoke. Thank you. Take the smoke and <laughs> very kind. blow some out there. So yes, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the clearing. How's your day going so far? My day is going tickety boo. I've just come off a session. Are we allowed to name clients? I just came off a session with 197 people from all around the world dialed in and had a yeah jolly good talk about resilience and how we can strengthen resilience and it was really good it was it was really lovely how people came to depth and i was energized and i'm now sort of buzzing still so <laughs> it's going well so far and i've spent some time with the kids and the wife and the sun is shining so it's all good what what we want? enigmatic start gosh it's only five to eleven in the morning that's a man yeah, on boom, fire yeah. right there and uh, i think i'm doing my own version of exactly the same context of talk tomorrow, the same, shall we say, yes, client. you are. Yes, and that's an interesting thing about the new world order, isn't it? We're all we've all gone online, and, and then suddenly we've got a, a big muppet gallery of up to two hundred people. Not that I'm calling clients muppets, obviously. Oh, no, but yeah, but there's there's a smorgasbord of images, isn't there? And it's um, it's exciting. I had people in from India and Singapore and Italy and Essex and everywhere. So it's good. Lovely. And have you heard the joke about what's the collective noun for a bunch of people on Zoom? Sats Zoomers. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about my joke. It's about you, Mr. Paul Mabley Mabster. Or the Mabley Mabley Mobster, as I like to call you. Uh, so, <laughs> the clearing, first of all, we're going to explore some storytelling archetypes during the course of this journey. The clearing yes. is the creative space, first of all, where we're going to get to get you to get on the open road of, I suppose, flying your kite telling your story and ultimately amplifying you know your brand who is it and what is it that Paul Mabley likes to bring so what would a clearing be like for you Paul where do you go to get clutter free and inspirational I think that's so there's there's probably two answers to that question and I'm, I'm taking some liberties but the first I would say basically outside in nature yeah yeah and where it works really well for me I've found and I found it particularly more in lockdown than any other time is either out on my bike on a long distance hilly ride or out running uh i just find it's interesting because i find that the if you like the elastic band ball of my brain just starts to open up and i didn't even realize it needed to open up and i just kind of go oh i can think i can just process and so in part it's that it's always nature but then sometimes exercise is going to help the other thing 
that's, that's coming to me is actually because certainly historically we worked globally, worked all around the world and typically nowhere near creature comforts or nature to run in or anything like that. Um, in my own head, I tend to have a sort of space in my head that I might go to and find a piece there or find a, 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 a resilience, a place to regroup from so that I can come back able to do what I need to do or give or whatever. You have an empty place in your brain. I think that, that is a rare, beautiful thing of now, clearing in your own head. Also, the, the lovely expression, the um, elastic band ball. You know that lovely quote, life is a wicked mess. So yeah. I like that, that, you know, it's, it's all twanging around madly and then you go on the open road. Yeah. Doors. And, so. and I, I sympathise, empathise, echo that because bike, my bike is my freedom too. Yes. Running, it'll look like you've forgotten your bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, behind somewhere. So, welcome to your clearing. Which, where would you like to go? Are we, am I joining you for your metaphorical cleaning in in the empty space in your head, or are we going on the open mountainside somewhere? Let's go. Let's go in into the uh, I, uh, a visual, lovely clearing. We've got two beautiful woodlands near us, so it's a clearing in the woodland. We will go to the top of a hill, uh, which is the top point. There's one of those marker stones at the top. Uh, so the tree's clear, there's some oaks, and there's a beautiful view over Hereford. A marker stone, I'm assuming that's one you can sort of take a cheeky wee at to sort of mark your territory. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, you know. Well, thank you. And by the way, that works beautifully for the idea of me now bringing a metaphorical tree into your clearing. And bless you for doing that, because it's a woodland. Um, when I was speaking to my daughter about this idea, her clearing is a shower, so it felt a bit odd bringing a she, a tree, into the shower, and also getting into the shower. <laughs> With your daughter, yeah. All of that, but anyway. So, so many wrongs, yeah. So many wrongs, but we're going to put all of that right now. We're here in your, there is an apple tree within our clearing now, um, and we're going to shake your tree to see which apples fall out. And this is one of the storytelling archetypes within your clearing, which is a storytelling exercise which the apples are going to be formed of, which is five, four, three, two, one. Now, if you remember, before we spoke, all I've asked you to do in this very spontaneous conversation is take five minutes, Paul, to think about four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention, and then one quirky or unusual fact about you, Mr. Paul Mabley, that we couldn't possibly know uh, until mm -hmm. you tell us. So mm -hmm. we're going to shake your tree. Don't panic. You haven't got to download the entire exercise, but uh, they're your apples to conjure juggle whatever you'd like to do so which of those apples how do you like them apples would you like to talk about <clears throat> um i don't know uh why don't you choose you lead me i'm okay. open i I'm like that so so tell me about the things that have shaped you so many things that have shaped me um and and i guess Probably beyond if you go, because I could talk about my parents, I could talk about my brother and sister, I could talk about friends in my life. Um, you know, all of them have a rich impact and influence uh, on me and, and how I'm shaped. So there's probably a handful of things that I can consciously acknowledge have, have, have shaped me. Uh, where shall I start? I'll probably start with the one that had the biggest effect, which was singing. Um, I came to singing when I was about eight years old. I got dragged along there by some friends uh, to a choir and started singing and it was a there was a strange sense I remember the first time I, I joined uh, the first time I went to the practice a, a strange sense of coming home that came over me which as an eight-year-old is quite a curious 
uh, feeling. And it just felt like I was meeting a second family in a strange sort of way. And I, I, I thus sung for the next 30 years. Uh, and I still do sing, but I've left the choir because I moved recently. I say recently, it's been a couple of years now, but um, yeah. And so there was a sense of the unity that singing with other people uh, at, you know, in, in splendid and amazing locations and producing really good quality music, uh, which has sort of shaped lots of things. It shaped the work to some degree in terms of, you know, literal mechanics of breathing and projection and performance and that kind of stuff. Um, but also probably around around confidence and around teamwork and around leadership and all of those kind of things too. It's like a, a static yeah. fault for you to always seek out a choir wherever you go out in the world, if you like, because I'm assuming mm. you haven't been in the same choir for 38 years. Or the no, 30 I have. Years. Oh, you have? Yeah. Same choir, boy and man. And now you've moved then, gosh, that must be a real wrench for you because your choir is still off singing, presumably. Yeah, functioning. It was, it was one of the hardest points of the move. Um, everything else, you know, you can go back and visit people. You can go back and visit places, but you can't go back and, you can go back and sing occasionally, but it's not the same thing. So that's, 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 a, big, that's a big thing that shaped me, actually. Um, and yeah, and choir been working remotely, so you have been able to connect in, in the New World Order by still turning up the thing with yeah, them. Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work because as, as we well know, these, um, <laughs> they only allowed one sound at a time. So- uh, You're doing a solo, but not so good for the choral. Yeah, not so good for the choral thing. Yeah, so there's that. And, and um, the, the chap who runs the choir, he's a very kind man who sort of took me under his wing when I was eight years old. We're still friends now. Um, he's been a very generous figure in my life uh, in terms of time and in terms of, teachings and in terms of friendship and and that type of thing so so those are two big influences um and, and a life mentor as well i'm assuming if he if he took you under his his wing when you were eight years old yeah yeah and released your voice isn't that a, a wonderful thing yeah there's a kind and it's and it's and it's and it's probably not just released the singing voice but released the voice if you know what i mean well, you i was know, going the, to say that because my yeah. compliment here which is really sincere is that you are one of the clearest communicators i've experienced and i think your voice is clear and i think that's partly obviously now you've described that because of your choral background yeah but also uh, there's a collaboration in there as well which is a sort of a clear value that you evoke because you know in terms of team playering and 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 being part of a part of a squad that's there to deliver a sound is, is part of the communication skills thrust as well, I think. Absolutely. And I guess if we can extend the metaphor, something about singing in, in large ancient buildings, you tend to get very good echoes and, and you can tell how good the sound is by the, the eighth echo, <laughs> if it's still in tune. So. And reciprocity in that as well. Sorry, I'm just loving this. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. singing is, is right at the core. And I really feel for you the wrench that you must have had in moving, I think, 200, 300 miles away from where you were last singing. Because you're yeah. in Herefordshire now, aren't you? Herefordshire, yes. Yes, and I found another choir just as I was about to get in contact with them. <laughs> we all locked down and they can't sing anymore. So um, I'll go and hunt them out. You are going to seek out a new clearing with a new choir in it. Yeah. I think it would be a shame not to. Um, people have been very generous about my singing voice and it seems sort of sad to not continue it, so. And the empty space in your head, by the way, which you previously described, I'm thinking now of the cathedral in the head of Paul Mabberley. Yeah. So it's, thank you for that. There's a, there's, there's a quip, isn't there, about the emptiness in my head, yeah. Um, no, I was going more for the sort of acoustic um, yeah. resonant 
place in your head where you go to get calm and, and get innovative and creative. Yeah. And I guess, I guess if we think about influence, and again, I don't know if this sounds a bit ridiculous, but there's something in, in the work that we do and in the exploration of the subjects that we do in the psychology of it and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. the attitude of it, which we both know is such a huge part of, of the training work we do, the coaching work that we do, starts to have an impact on you as you, as you take it in. Uh, and so a huge influence has been the work that I've done uh, for the past 14 years now. And the learning that you get as you help others and what that gives to you and, and the preparedness you need to be to be able to deliver at the high level you need to. And, and therefore the repercussions that has on your attitude towards everything um, and the genuine sense of growth that's achievable. Uh, yeah. Is a big part of the influence. Of listening, I'm assuming, because you're really present and able to listen to what a group might need. And then they're giving you feedback and they're giving you stories back. And then, yeah. I mean, some of my best stories have come about because I landed the story and someone said, oh, have you heard this one? And then you get one that's even more profound back. That's sort yeah. of yes and, yes and bill that happens. Yes. Yeah. And equally, it's, it's recognising the really natural human traits that we have of getting in our own way of yeah how our attitude leads our behavior and so if we've got a terrible attitude and not in a not in a in a horrible way but like just you know your attitude towards yourself or what you're facing sucks then that's going to limit your ability to grow step forward develop Mm. um take the new steps in life so so there's that in there too and in the apple tree shaking that was a beautiful testament to you know the cathedral that we've explored um any of those other other apples you'd like to tell us about um what were they uh where are we i got a bit involved in that people yeah so yeah inspiring so yeah let's go with that so i think there's something in i was thinking about or i talk a lot about what inspires us generally and i was thinking what inspires me and i think about the people who have inspired me um you know, in life generally, through through sometimes it's it's clients that you meet and you hear what they've done, or it's the stories that you read. Um, I'm very sorry, my phone is ringing, which I need the quirks of Zoom. I need to get rid of that and throw. It's <laughs> really good. Hopefully, that didn't go out the window. Um, <laughs> yeah, I find, and it actually resonates with 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 what I was just talking with those people about around the world. But it's it's um, inspiration of, in fact, like two things: inspiration of people overcoming their own struggles i think that's fairly common in human behavior but one of the things that most inspired me about my wife when i first met her was you know certain things that that she had gone through and her ability to deal with them uh, and there's something i think that we all feel in recognizing other people's struggles uh, because we internalize it and recognize it in ourselves as well and you see somebody else and you go wow you've achieved that from there and we we tend to i find it's a moment we tend to be generous with ourselves and go Oh, okay. Maybe I've done that too. Maybe, maybe I could hold myself in that same level of esteem. There's lovely. There's a lovely journey of struggle to strength, and you know, you were yeah. just this morning talking about resilience, as you said. The idea yeah. of, you know, struggle to strength. You know, this is not our first rodeo. We've we've overcome adversity before, but admiring how others have overcome their struggles gives us fuel to carry on as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so I think I think that's it, isn't it? And and that tends to be in a human sense, where we find inspiration, I find. Um, it's in our reflection of ourselves in others. Uh, and so it's, it's, yeah, spending enough time with those people to be able to 
or seek them out so that you can you can feel that as you need to. I guess the other thing, and I suppose it's part of my background, I studied I studied art and design for four years. I was at art college, uh, strange coloured hair, very different hair, long hair, um, as, as part of my formal education. And I, inspired by art, um, inspired by, you know, paintings and, and, and sculptures and how people work and that kind of stuff. So I often find, and actually maybe that's a part of my clearing, to, to go and look at a beauty and I think that art is is the place real high quality the sort of amazing art that people want to collect and pay millions for sometimes is the place between where we live and kind of where our spirit exists it's kind of the place that bridges those two worlds and you know I, I can remember vividly going going to Paris as a student and, and standing in front of some painting paintings and just being overwhelmed by their beauty which doesn't translate when you print it in a book and somebody can't describe it to you but you can you can stand in front of these things and you can recognize why they're considered greats um, and there's something I find really, really inspiring in that as well. So there's uh, the idea of high culture to elevate our spirits and elevate our experience. Mm. The cathedrals yeah. again lovely there's lovely resonance with the cathedral. There's a, there's, yeah we've got a cathedral metaphor happening haven't we um, and I think that's true of arts in general you know it's the same with music uh, and it's why I think music resonates with the soul so greatly. It's because it, it, it transcends us, doesn't it? It goes to that other place. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we can all find a lot of peace in that. Beautifully put. Okay, so we're, we're back in the clearing now. And uh, I'm going to talk yes. about your, what's been your journey to now in the Working Voices clearing that we both share? Because I know that you're NLP trained. You're a graphic designer by training and background. There's been a real potpourri of different stimulus to get you to this point where we as you say you've been in it 14 years now and we're still growing within it yeah so what's been uh, into now how did you get here well I, I as i said i so i studied art and design um it, it's where i struggle with our general sense of education in, in in this country and broadly the world i you know was channeled into that route i thought it was what i wanted to do sounded great etc went and studied it uh had an amazing time uh in terms of in terms of just exploring art and exploring my own voice through art as it were uh and then got a job to it it became very real and commercial i guess um i have a lot of actor colleagues you i know you're an actor trained there's a difference between i guess i don't know but i'm assuming becoming an actor and then having to act for money uh, and it's like being being an artist not that i don't think I, I could ever it's too grand to call myself an artist but having studied art and understood it a little bit being able to then do it for money i started to, it lost its shine very quickly for me uh producing it in a commercial one so I didn't know what I wanted to do I'd spent four years studying I spent a number of years working and I was like this isn't what I want to do what do I want to do and I, I literally it was a blank slate I was like I had no idea and so I used to I, I started taking my lunch break I went out to the bookshop every lunch for, for a long time and just like what am I interested in and I always found myself in psychology and self-help it was those two areas it was it was stuff we could learn about ourselves and became an avid uh, student of these things and then put the intention out to the universe, if you believe that hippie stuff, and, and said, I don't know what it is, but it's something in this realm. And then uh, had an introduction to Nick Smallman at Working Voices, having, having done some other stuff. I'm, I'm, missing, I'm missing a little bit of the journey out there. Um, I'd gone and done some, some teaching at university and, and that sort of thing. And um, <clears throat> yeah, had, had an opportunity. He, he, when the company was very small and, and we liked the cut of each other's jib, as it were, um, he was generous enough to say, you know, come on board and let me show you how. And so I, I grabbed the opportunity with both hands. I could see it was a great opportunity. I could see that the Working Voices was a stunning company. I could see that Nick Small was a generous man. And uh, yeah, got involved with that. And so in my own pursuit of, of interest with that, um, it was about being able to 
help people to start with deal with the same fears I'd had with public speaking. That was a real hindrance to me to start with. And that was where the company started primarily teaching um, to then pursue. Well, what are the other things from that? Then what is the other stuff that that gets in a way and what's some of the deeper stuff? And so that's partly where NLP goes. You know, it's looking at how we can change our internal world to, to open up. possibilities. Um, and that work in itself has led me to other Therapies is too strong a word, but but um, strategies, let's say, um, that help us deal with. Yeah, so so um, like you'll know book, that the bookshelf that I heard you talk about, the metaphorical bookshelf, is just an expanding vista of, of different possibilities. Yeah, and there's so much wisdom in in these books, and the trouble is, I find, and I think there's a there's a blog about me talking about this somewhere on, online, um, that people kind of think they should read a book and then that's the solution. It's, it's a little bit like the lazy attitude of I'll attend the course and then I'll have the tools. And of course it's not. It's you have to read it, understand it, and then try and do something with it. Yeah, and that's, that's, as I'm sure you and, and a lot of people do, you know, we find the beauty and the gold nuggets in these books and in this work. And then we think, how do I now translate that into something that's useful to help somebody else with a skill set to help them move forward and live the life of no barriers that everybody wants to live i read something just a couple of days ago about how we're we should aspire to be rich in the things we love so we're already rich if we're in pursuance of things that feed us fuel us so it's not just monetary stuff it's actually soul richness yeah yeah and actually i was just talking about that about noticing the small things um and we, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's an old thing. Maybe as we get older, we do that more, but it's, it's paying more attention to the simple things. We've got, we've got swallows nesting in our garage. They're crapping all over the place. It's, it's a pain, but it's beautiful to have seen them nest and then produce their young. And now the young are flying and they're gathering because they're due to go off in about a month or so. Uh, it's, it's beginning of August here now. Uh, just for anybody wishing this in the future is the reason I'm saying that. It's, it's August everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, there's a simple, there's a simple thing in noticing them and the fact that they've nested and birthed and now they're going to fly to Africa and it's just to, to go out each day and see them fluttering around is a wonderful simple beautiful so thing. You're very very lucky you are lucky to have swallows we've had seagulls which I, I admire they're very robust but my god they're noisy will you please I, shut up. I left the seagulls behind where we used to live yeah. yeah and in fact one of my most profound experiences of lockdown was actually the, the tragedy but the beautiful tragedy of a fledgling bird that had fallen out of a nest and it was hopping about the garden and I think the neighbor's cat snaffled the parent and mm -hmm. I ended up actually holding this fledgling bird for about an hour and a half because I couldn't help it we tried and tried and it kept hopping about and I kept mm -hmm. trying to return it to nature because I thought I don't want to freak it out but there was a really poignant moment where it actually hopped back out and landed on my foot as if it was saying I need you to hold me and it was <laughs> the most extraordinary heart-wrenching you know it reminded me of a kid when a guinea pig died in my hands i haven't gone around my life killing things but holding something nurturing it as yeah. you can guide it is you know anyway it, it was just a, a an extraordinarily profound experience of my presence being required so the mm. idea of appreciating nature again which is a common thread that you're talking about mm. swallows in your garage to come back yeah to i think trying to appreciate simplicity yes. i think is the the, the, the thread there because we we find I never knew this, but birds kick their young out of their nest. If they don't look strong enough, they just boot them out and let them die. And uh, we keep finding them. We, the kids are like, there's another one. Oh, so maybe the bird that I saw sort of little git in the, that got hooped out. They sometimes <laughs> do. They do. They go, you're the weak one. You won't survive. I'll kick you out now and save feeding you. Yeah. Brutal. 
Yeah, we're not at all recommending we do that with our own families. Odds no, I'm, I'm wondering where the metaphor for that is, but anyway. <laughs> well, coming back to something you beautifully said as a segue for us uh, about three paragraphs ago, you talked about alchemy and gold. Mm. And I thank you for that. So we're going to talk about alchemy and gold now. When you're really in your sweet spot of being the awesome coach, facilitator and generous human being, you're being in that zone. What's the mm. alchemy that you know you like to bring? Actually, I could be I could I'm going to return the favour to you for a moment, Chris, because <clears throat> one of the things you've always said, um, and I think you said at the beginning of this call, is how you find my ability to be able to communicate with clarity, something that you, you admire. And if I think about that, and there's lots of things you like to think you bring, and there's lots of things you like to think you give, and there's no one set phrase that you can ever use because everybody's a little bit different. But if I were to think of what's one thing I hope I can bring to people, it would be that sense of clarity and simplicity, uh, as in to shake through all the noise, because we all carry so much noise and there's so much expectation and people working in large organisations. There's so much that's happening there that if we can get through to the actual nubbin that's going <laughs> to... Great word, yeah. nubbin. I found a place to say the word nubbin on this call. If you can get a nubbin in there and you can, you can tweak something, sometimes it's just the most simple observation, the simple adjustment, uh, you know, bringing clarity to somebody about their thinking, about their behaviour, about a, a, a skill that they can just do that. And you suddenly can see people release or you can see people manage to, to speak in a different way. You can see help people find clarity in, in a situation they're puzzling over. And so a big part of my... I think it's my own journey, but it's where I'm able to help others is, is about finding clarity in, in moments of confusion. And so I'm a real stickler for sort of, if you like, I don't know, am I shaking a tree? Am I ruffling a hair? I don't know, but it's that sort of thing to go, let's, let's comb it out and let's find the sense in this rather than the confusing, we go back to our uh, rubber band ball again. So my alchemy, I would hope that I bring is, is clarity. It's simplicity uh, so that people can find their path beautifully put it makes me think of that lovely expression of agitate your thinking in order to sort of shake yeah. things out so yeah. you don't disturb people but you get them to just shake it up so i love that image and how yeah. we thrive on and deserve clarity and it makes everything yeah. so much simpler if we're clear beautifully yeah. put and i think it's it's our role as coaches isn't it it's the, it's the reflecting the mirror and saying here's the story you're telling me <laughs> you know <clears throat> yeah. i'm not buying it so let's work out the sense in it yeah and at this point it's time to award you with a metaphorical cake in the clearing for blessing us with your time and effort and energy to be here so the cake oh. is a, a metaphor for you where we're now going to invite you to put a cherry on the cake uh, what's the last thing you might like to leave us with this could be your favorite inspirational quote it could be it's deliberately open to interpretation it could be what do you want your legacy to be you know how do you want to be remembered you know this is your cherry on the cake moment no pressure but how would you like to answer that <laughs> can i have five minutes um i don't know i don't i don't I, i'm not clear on my legacy enough yet i think there's a lot of there's a lot of journey for me still um as a person and as a professional etc uh, beyond what I've said already. So if there's a quote, I don't know, maybe if I, what's in my head, if I go with, I'm going to rip off the genius thinking of somebody else and something that I resonated with me a lot and something that I think resonates with a lot of people quite often is the sense that your past doesn't equal your future. How you've existed, who you've been, 
the story that you have, the difficulties, the struggles, all that kind of stuff, however good or bad it's been, doesn't necessarily mean that what is going to come is that thing. Uh, and it, it, I think it opens the door beautifully for us to be able to decide on what we want our future to be. And I think sometimes we're too caught up in what happened last time or what happened before or that thing that happened to me once. Uh, and I think that if we can open the door to recognize that script hasn't been written yet, we can choose to write that on a clean page whenever we want to. Um, maybe that's something I'll leave you on. The story continues to be continued. <laughs> it's been a complete and utter joy having you on a GLT with me, CG, a good listening to with me, Chris Grimes. And thank you sincerely for taking the time to come along to the clearing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. See you soon. You've been listening to the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. If you've enjoyed the programme, then please do subscribe on all the usual channels. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the programme too, and I'm hosted on Buzzsprout. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do. And then on Twitter and Instagram, at that Chris Grimes. Also, if you'd be interested in having some coaching from me to help you level up your confidence, your personal impact or your brand, then contact me via email, chris at secondcurve.uk. So until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.